Hello everyone, welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, the podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. This is both in our own lives and the world in general. <laughs> my name is Daryl and I'm here with my wife Karen. Hello. Hello, how are you? How was your day? My day was good. That's good. Yeah, we're recording this kind of late. <laughs> kind of tired, but yeah, it's worth staying up to record this. So usually I ask you what you do this weekend, but it's already Tuesday. It's way, I can't even remember what happened this weekend. <laughs> it was so long ago. Yeah, I don't remember either. There's stuff. We ate food. There was a lot of food. We did things. Yep. I like eating. Talk to people. Yeah. Existed. Church. Church was good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I like the sermon. Uh that Pastor Pina preached on the Word, on yeah, the importance awesome. of knowing the Bible, studying the Bible, reading the Bible, and that's what the church is about, right? If we, mm-hmm. you know, if we go to church, and the church that you go to doesn't preach the Bible, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of not a church. I don't that think before. that counts as a biblical church. You can call yourself church, but it's not really. Then, as Pastor would say, you're just playing church. Playing church. Play. I'm tired of playing church. He yeah. said that a couple weeks ago. I'm tired of playing church. <laughs> I don't want to play church. Me too. Yeah. I agree. It's, yeah. It's not play church. But in order to not play church, we should know the word and the word should change us, right? Correct. What was he saying this week? And uh, it should be information that leads to tra- transformation. Transformation, yeah. Right? So we're not just gaining biblical knowledge, but you should know the word. Uh. Like, yeah, not to just gain the knowledge, but so that it changes you, so that you can go out and, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Karen now can complete my thought. <laughs> but no, no that, then it'll change you. And then uh, you should go out and, and preach and teach myself. what the word says and live what the word says. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we get right into it today, and we'll we'll banter as we go. I'm sure we'll get sidetracked. Yeah, but I just want to read. I just want to small set, talk. Kind of set up the topic with this verse. Okay, I'm going to read from the from the Bible. Wow, you're pretty lucky to have a Bible. I know. I have. I have I'm going to read from on my phone. Okay, <gasps> I don't have the paper in front dun, of me. Dun, you dun. have and and I'm going to read from. Genesis. We're so sassy. BibleGateway.com, which I like to utilize. Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I, I noticed what word you emphasized. <laughs> well, I wanted to emphasize these two. Male and female, he female. created them. So God made man. And, and we can. there's so much to dissect there. We're not going to mm-hmm. dissect everything in there, but... He said, let us make man in our image, which is, uh, you know, he's, he's leaning on the, uh, alluding to 
the triune God, you know, our image, right? So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and male and female, he created them. So two genders, he created mm -hmm. male and female. <laughs> so that's all we have for today. <laughs> <laughs> So why, why, would, why would I bring that up, Karen? Why would I start off with, with, that, with that verse? So I think what you're referring to is an article that Ken Ham posted, and I noticed, and I ended up reading it the other night. It was actually pretty late. Was it when we got back from? Yeah, Saturday yeah, night. Saturday late night. Saturday night. I was up mm -hmm. reading this because I couldn't sleep. And um, I was like, what? <laughs> so let me just tell you the title of this article, and it's been uh, traveling around Facebook now. Because I reposted it and mm. then, um, you know, kind of stirred up some conversations. Um, so here's the title of the article, which is what prompted me to read it. Continuing to cast God as male does a disservice to us all, women and men, sons and daughters. Mm. <laughs> so that right there. Continuing like, to cast mm. God as male. <laughs> As just, if it were I mean, up to us. <laughs> we, can, we can just dissect that that title right there. Like We don't have to read the article. We kind of know what it's, yeah. where it's going to go. Uh, hmm. So this woman that wrote it, Christy... Christy Edwards. Christy Edwards, thank you. Um, she's a chaplain? Yeah, I think so. Is that what it or, says on the thing? Let's see. It actually doesn't say. No. But our, our um, pastor friend, Luke, actually posted the article as well with his thoughts on it. Um, and he kind of looked up her background. Yeah, and it's, it's posted on a website called baptistnews.com. And I, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know much about the website. Baptist uh, News Global. But, uh, yeah, Baptist News but Global. But it does say on the website, the opinions of the authors are not the opinions of the organization. Really, but, but yeah. they still, <laughs> but they, they still, still support this. Yeah. I don't know if she's Baptist or I mean, there's so many. But know, I have to say, like I was skimming through the other articles, and they are all along know, these lines, kind like of liberal theology. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They all kind of not like the old old school. Like, <laughs> it's definitely not Southern Baptist. I know. <laughs> that's why I was surprised, because I didn't really realize Yeah, usually this whole you think Baptist, of, you of think Baptist. conservative, but there's a lot of liberal Baptists mm -hmm. nowadays as well. Yeah, I was, I, I definitely got educated on on Baptist through this. Yeah. Um, She's definitely not Reformed Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so... Why don't we do this? Why don't we kind of read through this article? I mean, it might t take a while, but I think to best represent her thoughts instead of just critiquing them, maybe we'll just go through it and and yeah, because we we'll want to find out. Like when I read things like that, it's just it's it saddens me. Mm. It's disturbing, but it's sad because it's like wow, it's come this far. Right. Like the 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 fact that. People are reading the Bible and coming away with this. Just. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you. Well, I guess let's go through it. Because if you have not read this article, mm -hmm. then, you know. And, and that's our goal here in going through this. We're, we're not going to. We're not going to go through this and 
give you what Daryl and, and Karen think from our own thoughts. We're, we want to go from, like, like I said, you know, what are we even doing here is trying to go through a biblical perspective on things to answer, because we believe the answers are in the Bible of what we're even doing here. Uh, mm-hmm. So we want to go through what this woman wrote about and she's trying to guess, I guess, go through it from her biblical perspective, I would think. Right. You know, we're talking theology here, and, and theology matters. Mm-hmm. So our theological position will come from, from the Bible. So that's what we're going to critique this, going through a biblical lens. What does the Bible say? You know, mm-hmm. what has God really said? Like, are, are we casting God in a male role? <laughs> or is it him who reveals himself in, in you know, as father. Right. You know, That's as what, like, son, as Holy right Spirit. Right off the bat. Right. I'm like, yeah. we are not casting him as any, like, right. it's not up to us. It's, it's what does the Bible say? It's, it's what does the Bible say, exactly. Right. <laughs> and isn't it funny how, how Satan always uses the same tactic, right? I mean, what does he say to Eve in the garden? Did God really say, mm-hmm. you know, and just putting that doubt in there. And that's, that's always, you know, the root of many, many sins. Did God really say, so do you, do you want to uh, read through it? Or do you want me to read or? Are we reading the whole thing? Well, you well, start from, you start from the beginning, kind of get, so people have context because maybe they won't read it themselves. And I mean, it's not very long. No, it's not. We can, we can, we can bang through it. And then any, any place you want to stop. Yeah. Why don't you read it since, you know, I'm the patriarchy. And it might sound better since a woman wrote it. I'm going to represent the matriarchy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The long sought after matriarchy. The matriarchy. If we could only. All right. Anyway. Sorry. That's like, I'm going to try to control my sass because he is. (laughs) For some reason, when when things have, uh, seem like they're coming from a feminist perspective, I kind of get all honorary. So. But I don't know, maybe. Although she does, I think, reference herself as... Yeah, she? Or, let me see. All right, anyway. We'll get there. We'll just start to, from mm-hmm. the beginning here. Okay, she says, Strapped into the back seat of my Toyota Camry, my three kids were within elbows reach of each other as I shuttled them around town. The boys, craning their necks over their shoulders, began scheming about the cars behind us. Look, he's gaining on us. He's going to pass us. Oh, wait, he's turning left. We're going to beat him for sure. This went on for about 90 seconds before my four-year-old daughter leaned over as far as she could from the constraints of her five-point harness with a perturbed look said to her older brothers and with, sorry, and with a perturbed look said to her older brothers, it could be a she, you know, not everybody's the same. Already, it's like... That's I I get that like, all right you know because there's always what was that a, 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 you know story once where yeah uh, you know a guy goes to the doctor and like you know the whole point of that story was you know most people were assuming that doctor is a male you know yeah because it what was it it was like a riddle or something you had to solve how how the doctor but the but the dad died but it was like oh that's my son and people were like oh oh. I had to figure out, oh, the mom was the doctor. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. So, okay, you know, so, yeah. So we just can't you think know, that way. Right, right. And I've done that before. You know, you think somebody, oh, that idiot behind me, you know, 
why doesn't he just pass me and oh it was, it was lady like yeah all right like okay whatever like is yeah. that... <laughs> i don't uh, know that's really a strong foundation to start the article on but yeah anyway as wave after wave of revelations of clergy sexual abuse have flooded the church and exposed its dark secrets the questions persist why does this continue to happen what is perpetrating this abuse of position and influence in an institution that is meant to be a sanctuary of safety and love causes are numerous and impact widespread catholics around the country are calling for the resignation of bishops as only one example in the as only one example in the evangelical community willow creek megachurch has cleaned house accepting resignations of its founder, pastor, and other leaders. Uh, well, I'm I'm sure now there's we're more. Jumping right into there's there's more uh, evangelical churches that have you know had abuse cases that have come yeah. out lately. Uh, but to you know, there's there's a lot wrong with the Roman Catholic Church too, but the Protestant churches as well. But like, there's like, a lot the, wrong with a lot of churches, right? So I mean, but to blame that on, because it's you know because it's male led male leadership. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> that's a stretch. Because l let's see where she's going with this with this whole example there. Okay, so for too long, men have been our mirrors of God, the image of Father God reflected among us. We have fallen in line in the patriarchal system in which men are always at the head of the table and all direction and instruction is dictated through them because they're most like God. The trouble with giving soul power to one gender is complex. Those who are not fit with this male authority believe they must succumb to it no matter what the cost. And many who have done so are now shackled behind the closet doors of abuse. Uh, <laughs> Man. Uh, men are shackled so it, it, she's got a weird perspective here i don't even understand it's almost hard See, to understand like, yeah because she doesn't have a biblical perspective like a true biblical perspective maybe she wasn't taught it or maybe she grew up in a church that that was uh, like domineering maybe like men were abusing their roles which you know i get that you know but like what, what image of god Father God reflected among us, we have fallen in line in a patriarchal system, which men are always the head of the table and direction and instruction is dictated through them because they are most like God. That's the part like, that like bothers me. Is she saying the church is teaching that they are most like God or is she yeah. saying the Bible saying that? Well, the Bible doesn't say that, so it must be sure. <laughs> well, I mean, we're we're all she's like, got a few other things wrong from the Bible yeah, too. Yeah. But like, like men and women are created in the image of God, right? So we're made in His likeness. In the creation account, all all the animals were made after their kind until it came mm -hmm. to man, which was made from the dust. Made made Adam first from the dust. And, and then Eve from Adam, because it was not good for the man to be alone. And we have Adam made first. He was, he was given dominion over everything, and then Eve with him as well. And there's roles that God made. So, but they're both in the image of God. Male and female are mm -hmm. in his image in what's, what's called 
complementary roles. I believe the Bible teaches complementarianism, right? right? Equal, where there's, but... there's, yeah, we're equal. We're equal in God's eyes. Uh, but there's certain roles that he made but different. men to do and certain roles that he made women to do. Uh, and that's the basic complementarianism, what that is. The other is egalitarianism, where we can all do all the same stuff. We're made to do all the same stuff, which even if you look around, like, that's not what, what plays out. Like, I actually looked up Christian feminism, mm-hmm. and I was just like, is this really a thing? Like, how could this be a thing? <laughs> because I... I how could you not be led to that from this article? Um, but actually it said something about some Christian feminists believe that the principle of egalitarianism was present in the teachings of Jesus in the early Christian movements. I think that's what I'm not understanding about her. Is it that the church is teaching this or are Christian feminists just pulling this out of the Bible themselves? And just doing like more like eisegesis than exegesis, where they're reading it into it. Yeah, instead of exposing the truth, they're right. They're putting their own twist mm-hmm. on what scripture is saying. Right. I mean, it, and it could very well be that this that uh, what's the author's name? Christy. That that Miss Edwards, uh, was you know if she was raised in a fundamentalist Baptist background, maybe. And maybe the men in church. We're we're legalistic in that way. We're, uh, yeah, more more like domineering. And were they teaching her that we are more like God because we look like God? Yeah, yeah. Like that's the part. Yeah, I don't, is it because I don't understand that? Yeah, let's let's continue on because there's points I want to make, but I think it'll be better. Yeah, it's like I'm getting ahead of myself. Um. All right, so back to men being, being mirroring God. Yeah, Being the face and voice of God is a heavy responsibility, and many men shouldering that load eventually crack under the weight of church leadership. No longer seen as mere man, but as an agent of God, which is one, what is one to do, but as an agent of God, what is one to do when humanity creeps in and with it the temptation to exploit position and power that in turn bring guilt and shame. The hole has been dug and the coffin of skeletons is buried beneath the facade that all is as it should be. Uh, so, like, <laughs> women never abuse power? Yeah, but women are agents of God. We're all ambassadors of God as Christians. Right. Like, she, it's, it sounds like she's saying only men have this burden to mirror god to reflect jesus you know well i guess she's she's putting that role of pastor which again biblically when we'll get into that is an office that god said for men to have right so i guess she's saying that since they bear that responsibility they most reflect god because they're somehow seen higher up but that's not it at all like they don't have to not all men are called to be in the pulpit right and there's men that are in the pulpit that shouldn't be so uh, there's many men in the pulpit (laughs) that should not be um and they are not cracking under the weight of it (laughs) the most of the men that shouldn't be are are, uh Mm -hmm. 
flourishing. And, but, and um, if they like, and that's why God also says there should be elders, a plurality of elders, so there's accountability. And uh, also, if you have a strong wife who's with you, supporting you, uh, then that that helps as well. But also, we're sinners, like so. Yeah. <laughs> like to and put who this. Who are you appointing to these positions? Like you're just pointing people who say they feel led to be there, right? You know, they feel mm-hmm. called. Like the in First uh, Timothy three, there are qualifications for overseers. There are qualifications for deacons. Mm-hmm. So, like here, Timothy, First Timothy three eight. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, sorry, and let them also be tested first. Let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children, their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So that's not something that would be taken lightly. I feel like a lot of churches just let, you know, aren't really digging into these people before they become leaders in their church. And that's why we end up with these crazy, I don't know. You disagree? Are, are you saying like, like some, uh, like maybe the church she was in didn't do the digging in, or some of the people she's describing who who are domineering or fall to sin aren't really background checked, kind of? Because it's well, hard I'm to sure, say. Yeah, I'm sure it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, although. I guess if there's decades of this kind of teaching going on, then it wouldn't be right. that person's fault. Like if, you know, if that's all they know, like her fault. In, this incorrect doctrine, because mm-hmm. we know so many people that have just been taught this their whole lives. So that's all they know. Yeah. They've never been shown anything else. Right. Yeah. So the, the teaching so it may not be yeah, that so they're they, not digging into people, but they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why doctrine's important, what the Bible teaches is important, in court, encouraging uh, congregants, mem- church members to study the Bible for themselves, to check, to see if what, you know, if what the pastor is saying is, is for real. Like mm-hmm. the Bereans in Acts studied to see if what Paul was saying you know, about the gospel, about Jesus was true. So we should always do that with our, uh, what our pastors are saying, like study the scriptures to see what they are saying, see if it's true. I mean, we all have traditions and, and presuppositions that we're going to read through, but it's there. Like there's certain things that are pretty obvious in the scripture. Like, yeah. And I think most people that go to church, Mm -hmm. Don't check up on, or don't right. go to the board themselves and and figure out if the pastor is really teaching biblically or not. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's continue on in the uh, 
the article here. Looking through my dad's binoculars at the distant stage, I could see the face of the earnest and charismatic evangelist as his distinctive voice boomed from the pulpit. As the aisles filled and funneled people toward the front of the arena, my nine-year-old self tugged on my dad's sleeve. I want to be a Christian. Hand in hand, we made our way down the steep staircases as Billy Graham's iconic invitation continued to fill the vast space. It was the only time I heard Graham preach, yet every sermon I would hear over the course of the next 20 years would be delivered by his mirror image, white and male, just like God. What? <laughs> what? So this is the image that she's putting in her head, because, yeah, okay, this is her experience. So she's judging this stuff by her experience, so... I don't know. Did it say where she's from? Like, is she from the South? Like, because I can understand that. If it was, you know, a Southern church, then yeah, she's going to go to a church where there's a, a white man preaching. Like, so, so I get that. But, I mean, just like God. So she put this image in her head that, that God is a white man. Okay. So that's just... Like, what? <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe I don't, I don't know i mean there's so many questions that yep all right uh, let's, let's go on. decades have passed and i no longer need those binoculars now i'm often the one behind the pulpit uh-oh <laughs> right uh hmm for generations women women called to pastoral ministry have been chipping away at the glass ceiling See, like, right now, it's like... Yeah, Houston, we have a problem. And we have the, this is what a preacher looks like, t-shirts to prove it. Okay. (laughs) I've been buoyed by this progress. Men and women, women and men, all created in the image of God. So this is... Uh, Again, how can you be a Christian feminist? Yeah, and you read uh, 1 Timothy before, Mm -hmm. the qualifications... And these are qualifications to be... You started in verse 8, right? The, yeah. The deacons. So verse uh, previous to that were overseers. And overseers are elders. Also, pastor can be in that role of overseer. And it said, must be uh, above reproach. And this is First Timothy, starting verse 2. Actually, I'll start from verse 1. This is a trustworthy saying. First Timothy, chapter 3. This is a trustworthy saying. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer... He desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or maybe, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into con- the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. So, God chose the, you know, to have men be overseers, to be the leader of the church have that authority and that doesn't mean that they're better than women it's just the role 
God has chosen. And it doesn't mean they're more like God than women. Right. They're not more like God. They're not just like God, white and white and male. <laughs> she probably wasn't. It's just a role. And why do I believe that? It's not my decision. I didn't choose right. that. It's, this is what this scripture says. Husband of one wife. Like, it doesn't say a wife of one husband. Husband of one wife. And he must, again, head of the household. Doesn't mean he's this authoritarian dictator in the house either. But this is also a description of, you know, all the, all these things here of Christians, how Christians should be above reproach, you know, seen of well by outsiders. So it's a basic description of all Christians, but also the head of household is, is the male role. We go back to the garden again, Adam and Eve. Adam was made first. He, he was told to take dominion and then he was also told not to eat from the tree and it was his job to tell eve what what god had decreed not to eat from the tree and then satan comes along and talks to eve and says did god really say and then and that the fall happens right eve takes from the tree eats gives it to her husband he was there he needed to step up and say, no, God said not to. And then he should have stepped on the serpent's head. But he didn't. So the fall happened in Adam. Adam gets the blame for that. Because it was his job to take responsibility. And he didn't. And then God comes along and says, hey, where are you guys at? You hiding? And, he's, and then... <laughs> yeah, this is uh, my, yeah. my translation. Yeah, playing hide and seek. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and then what does he do? He's oh, this woman you gave me. So he blames the woman. Mm. And no, it was his responsibility. He was to take the lead and step up, and he didn't. And that's what happened. And that's, that's the fall. And, and my responsibility is to take the lead. And that doesn't mean I make all the decisions, all, you know, what I say is final, what I say goes. No, we talk it out. But ultimately, I'm responsible. Like, we're both, we're partners in this, but I, God has given me that responsibility, ultimately, to, to be the spiritual leader of the household. And that's the way he's, he's describing the spiritual leadership of the church. If a man can't lead his household well, he can't lead God's church well. Right, so he's not a leader just because he's a man. There's right. also qualifications mm -hmm. that are outlined here, as you just right. read. Mm -hmm. And like in verse 7, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. Right. So this is what's happening in the church. Leaders are falling into disgrace. Right. And not mm -hmm. just because they're men. <laughs> Right. Because maybe they weren't qualified. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, let's see. How much is left here? There's not much left. We can battle That's, through the rest That of cracks these. me up, though. The, this is what a preacher looks like t shirts. Right. She's wearing preachers look like. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Sounds like girl power to me. Mm. Um, but I also have... All right, so... I'll create an image of God. But I also have been blinded by it as I watched a recent interpretation 
interpretation of scripture, my heart sank and the scales fell from my eyes. As the story unfolded from the stage, creation was formed. Narrating the birth of the world was a lilting voice of a woman. Personifying God was the deep voice of a man. Mother Nature creates, but it is Father God who remains in control. Huh. Mother Nature? Like, what? What's... I think that's Oprah. <laughs> Oprah was, yeah, what was that? Uh, that, that Stitch in Time movie, right? Yeah, whatever. Uh, so we, I, I, as I Oprah watched a Oprah. recent interpretation of scripture, uh, and then and then Mother Nature creates. Did I miss something? <laughs> like, is there is Mother Nature mentioned in the Genesis account? No, but I'm, I think she's in a few Disney movies. Yeah, like, <laughs> so that's that's something uh, that should throw up some red flags. Mother, yeah, I don't know what? what interpretation she was watching. Yeah, I mean that that's not a biblical interpretation of creation. We should send her some Piper sermons or something. Yeah. Like, uh, so that that's we will invite issue. her to our church this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. While, uh, I will continue, while outwardly composed, inwardly I was screaming and weeping simultaneously in a culture that is consumed with gender and roles and stereotypes, agreed. Have we yet to realize that God is beyond gender? I agree that it is helpful to have parental language as a framework upon which to hang our ideas about the image of God. But why does it always have to be dad? Can't mom get some airtime too? Uh, so, again... Um... We, we we didn't come up with this like we don't create what what the the dad that God is dad that he is Abba that he is father the Bible says that Jesus mm -hmm. said that like the Son of God said that the Son right. of God referred to his father I've come from the father I and my father are one he doesn't it's it's not I didn't make Our that father up who art in the heaven. patriarchy didn't make that up it's <laughs> It's in the scriptures. It's in the original Greek. It's in the Hebrew. Where is the patriarchy, by the, the way? Patriarchy. Can you do you know Can the you patriarchy? Find it? You find the patriarchy. So, but why does it always have to be dad? Because he has revealed himself in the scriptures as father. That's why. He doesn't reveal himself as ma. God is spirit. He's looking, seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. So does the Father, Father God, have a body? If you're a Mormon, yes, but that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> the Father does not have a body. But he uses anthropomorphic language or personification. I like using that. I like anthropomorphic. anthropomorphic. So often in, the, yeah, often in the scriptures, he, he will refer to himself as having the hand, like the hand of God. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also refers to himself as having wings. So, like, he will cover you with his wings. Mm -hmm. But it's just a descriptive language. But Jesus referred to God as Father. When you pray, pray our Father, who is in heaven. He doesn't say pray our Mother. Mm -hmm. That is why we refer to God as Father. Because that so I'm is pretty how... sure what he calls himself right. is what we I'm going to go him. with what God wants to be called. I'm... Not right. going to start changing what the scriptures say, just because it doesn't fit our current times, right? Or it offends somebody, right? It's just stupid. 
But what needs to be done is it needs to be explained. So if, if your child would have a question about that, you explain biblically what it is, what, what the answers are, not like, oh, well, you can call him mother if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. In Scripture, all right, continuing. In Scripture, we see God referred to as Lady Wisdom or a mother hen gathering her chicks or a mother bear protecting your cubs. Now, that right there is just bad. It, Exegesis. Yeah. <laughs> it's, is that the right word? Like, um, lady Wisdom. Wisdom is like an attribute of God. It's not God, see, God is all-knowing. People but... confuse, oh, well, is the, Bible, is the Bible to be taken literally? But they confuse like the the definition of literal when you're taking the bible literally you're taking it as what it is like parts of the bible there are different literary genres in the bible yes. there's poetry there's metaphor the parables you know a metaphor is meant to re represent something else right so you're not going to read that metaphor literally mm. as of as what exactly it's saying so he does. There is a scripture when he refers to wisdom as a woman, mm -hmm. but that's not saying he is that woman, right? Because it, it that's in the Proverbs. What is the yeah? I was gonna say, let's go to uh, and it's also like a contrast to like, uh, like the harlot, like mm -hmm. you know, he's contrasting the, the, the prostitute that will lead you into sin, right. But Lady Wisdom calls out on the streets, come to me. Yeah. Like, that he's not saying that's right. how... Right, so he never said, I am... I am Lady Wisdom. I am Lady... Or yeah. when Jesus, the mother hen uh, reference there, you know, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you know, how you've killed the, the prophets, but I, I, you know, how I would long, I long to gather you, like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you are not willing. So Jesus is referring to yeah. himself, describing how he, <laughs> as a mother hen, but he's not saying, I'm, I am a mother hen. He's just using that to describe something. Uh, a simile. Yeah, a simile, a metaphor. A simile. <laughs> using like a ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, you know, use common sense when mm -hmm. you're... Or don't. Yeah. <laughs> Interpret scripture properly. Yeah. Use correct hermeneutics. Herman who? <laughs> hermeneutics. Herman knew it. <laughs> mm. Herman's hermits? Herman's. Anyway. All right. So that was one line. Mm -hmm. All right. So, or mother bear protecting her cups. Yet we often use solely male language for God. Cause, duh. Some of you may be thinking, here we go again, another angry feminist pumping her fist into the air. Yes, I've been thinking that the whole time. And you weren't wrong. Okay. I am angry. I'm angry with the one breath that church is teaching my daughter. I'm, I'm angry that with one breath the church is teaching my daughter that she's created in the image of God. And the next is telling her repeatedly that God is a man. I don't even... I, <sighs> Daughter, you're created in the image of God, just not, not quite as fully in God's image as your... Why can't I talk? Daughter, you're created in the image of God, just not quite as fully in God's image as your brothers. Uh, what? If the church is 
is teaching you that, then they don't understand either. Like, well, that's what I want. Like, like, is this just what her church has been teaching her her whole life? Because I just don't get it. So she mad at her own church? If, if this is what she's been taught. Maybe she's mad at her own church, but projecting that onto the rest of the church world. Like, yeah, because they sure don't teach that in my church. No. There's a biblical foundation, like what the Bible teaches and explained, like, but it wasn't apparently explained. And who's she angry? I'm angry. She's angry at the church. Because with one breath, the church is teaching my daughter that she is created in the image of God and the next telling her repeatedly that God is a man. I don't know. Church, we are doing a disservice to both our women and our men, our sons and our daughters. Casting God as male affects us all, even if many of us are unaware unaware, unaware of how. You should have read this. <laughs> we have granted our sons the authority and responsibility of being the face of God, and with the same words have stripped our daughters of their identity of voices of God. I, I don't see that. In our culture, women are paid less than their male. Here we go. <laughs> and our women are paid less than their male counterparts. And then just quickly interject there, that's a like a false statistic. It's yeah. there's so many variables that go into that. Uh and it's been debunked several times. It's yet yet this is the conversation that keeps coming up. Go ahead, continue. Given fewer leadership opportunities and often preyed upon by male leaders, male bosses, and yes, male ministers. Men continue to be selected as senior pastors over equally or better prepared candidates who are women. And that's probably because of what I read before, the qualifications. Yeah. The, what God says qualifications are for a pastor. But. but the real kicker is the way we've painted ourselves into a corner by upholding an arbitrary notion of God's manhood. If even God's... If even God views women as inferior to men, then the uphill climb just grew steeper, especially for our girls and women who have been abused by the toxic masculinity of Christian leadership. How can God truly understand the female experience if God is always male? There is no quick fix to our entrenched cultural and theological perceptions of God and those God calls to lead God's church. Okay. So she's saying the culture, culture's perceptions of God. All right. Anyway. Patriarchy, patriarchy replaced by matriarchy may not be the solution. But I wonder if the pendulum needs to swing to that extreme for more than a moment in the long history of the church to help restore our equilibrium. No. <laughs> brothers, brothers, you are gifted and loved, and I regret the role I've played in a system that has entrusted you as the sole face of God for far too long. This is too great a burden to bear. Sisters, you are strong and worthy, and your family, your church, and your community need you to speak up. It was while we were on the floor playing dolls that it struck me. Cradling her doll in one arm while feeding it a bottle with the other, my daughter said, God loves everyone. He made the world. To which I responded, did you know you can call God she? This incredulous look on her face reached deep into my gut and I felt the punch of her words. You mean God isn't a boy? 
No, baby girl, God isn't a boy. So God is a girl like me? Is God a mom? Yes, you are like God. You're created in the image of God, and God is both a mom and a dad. Smiling, she turned her attention back to the doll. I often wonder how God feels about being habitually and chronically chronically personified as male. I don't know the answer, but I plan on asking her. That's the, that's what Ken Ham quoted in his comment on this. (laughs) And he was like, cute. (laughs) In the words of my four-year-old, it could be a she, you know? Uh, Well, I'm I'm not going to speak for God, but uh, he reveals himself as a he. So, like... I often wonder how he yeah. feels about being so habitually put that personified in... as a male. He reveals himself that way in his word. And what gets me is if you're going to write a paper about God, an article about God, and try to be theological, you might want to quote the Bible other than a vague reference to something that you're trying to like proof text, like, there's no scripture in this whatsoever. Like, nothing to, because there's nothing that can be quoted it to back her up. It doesn't even sound like it comes from a Christian. It's yeah, it's very. It sounds just like any other feminist article I've read lately. Like feminist, new age, yeah. uh, Unitarian, like worldly. Yeah, like the zeitgeist of the culture like the current times like what's what's happening now how can you know the thing is her daughter probably wouldn't have even questioned it if she hadn't said that right like she put those words she's saying at the end the words of my four-year-old but her four-year-old probably wouldn't have said that if she didn't say oh you know you can call god a she what yeah (sighs) (laughs) Did God really say he wants to be revealed as father? Yeah, did he really say that? As Holy Spirit? I can't speak for other women, but I know there is no way I could ever run a household and lead a church. And I'm not saying that because I feel like I'm inferior to man or that I couldn't if I didn't really want to. But I, I feel like the roles that God created for us are where we really flourish mm-hmm. and where we really exalt him. Right. You know, it's... Eh. Yeah, and, and I couldn't be who God created me to be as a man without you. Right, like, right. You know, it's it's hard. I think that's that's why I believe, and I'm not a single parent, but why there's a struggle in single parent homes. Not that yeah, you know, single parents can't do it on their own, and and I love the strength of them. But the first thing God made was the family unit, mm-hmm. and that's what Satan that's tried to destroy, and yeah. he keeps trying to destroy that. So he he keeps trying to he the enemy twist the scripture and you twist the roles and he just he can't create anything so what he does is he he distorts it he turns it a little bit 
mm-hmm. and makes you like wonder like is this really what god said is this really how he has us to live what's best for us uh, maybe not maybe i can do this on my own maybe i can do it my own way maybe it's better this way oh this doesn't seem fair so i'm going to try to make it fair when it's not about fair it's know. you know it's 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 not about being equal in in roles in what we do it's about living in how he created us to and live this all stems this all stems from pride the whole problem with this whole uh, and not only this whole feminist thing but the world in general is just so prideful and selfish and to read the bible and to be offended by it it's because of you're prideful. And, and if you're a woman reading things like oh, women should be silent in church and you're offended by that, mm. that's because your pride just took a shot, you know, like, you, you, well, why should I be silent? You know, like me, I, I have something worthwhile to say in church. I should be up there preaching. Yeah. Just, just because you feel like you could doesn't mean you should. And that's the other problem. Like a lot, like all this, I feel called or I, I'm led by the spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's fine. But take that and test it through the word. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where you'll get your answer. If you're a woman and one day you wake up and say, I, I feel called to be a preacher. I'm going to fight the power. I'm going to break through that glass ceiling. I'm going to tell all these men at church that I can do it better. Okay, well, that's fine that you feel that way, but then go to the scripture, which is the book that God gave us for wisdom, um, and test that calling with scripture. And when you find the verse that says, um, men should be the overseers and leaders in church, then you say, oh, well, I guess, you know, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> like... <laughs> And you can still have, I mean, have, you can lead a woman's group. Yeah. There's so many important roles that we each have. That doesn't mean you, you can't have a say or you can't speak up. It just Mm -hmm. means you can't be behind the pulpit. Right. In that authoritarian role. In that, yes. I mean, there's such beautiful things women can do. People are going to listen to this thinking, I'm making you say this stuff, Karen. I know. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm the white male voice of God. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny. Like, like I think most of the time, I'll come to you and say, "Should I be doing this?" Like, you know, like certain things, like even even little things, like mm-hmm. like Bible journaling or something. Like, should I be doing this? Like, I think I'm more concerned sometimes than you are about my role. You know. Right. Well, that's good. But, I mean, because I'm not. You know, over your you're shoulder all the time. And be like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? I think you're like, like more I, I, encouraging. You know, I, tr- I trust that I want you to well, be. God will lead you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't but, want to do. I don't want to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should be like I always just say. You should be doing this with another guy. You know. No, but, but this is like. But uh, I mean, if you're worried about like teaching. On a podcast, that's not an authoritarian role. Yeah. Like, and I'm not really teaching. Yeah. I'm just... We're just dissecting this lady's article. Yeah. 
<laughs> Man, how long have we been going? We've been going for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I guess my, my closing thoughts would be, uh, Christians out there, we got to study our Bibles. We got to know it for ourselves. We got to, you know, hopefully we have pastors who we trust, but we should still, I mean, any pastor is going to tell you, like, hey, you know, what I'm telling you now, it's from the scriptures, and if I'm wrong on anything, you know, call me out on it. But let's go to the Bible and see what that says, you know, like, it's not about our opinions. It's about serving the God who, who redeemed us through his son. And it's not up for interpretation either. Like, right. It, there's one, it's, it's there's not, one it's, way. Right. It's not, what, it, what does this mean to you? This what is this saying to you? It's no, what does it says? And how do we apply this individually in our lives? That might be, the application might be different for me than it is for, for you, mm-hmm. but it has one meaning. Scripture has what God wants it to say. That's, you know, God says it, I believe it. That's that. <laughs> there are ways we worship God that he loves and there are ways that he hates. Yeah. There are ways that he hates. You can't just say, this is the way I worship. Mm-hmm. And, and no, you have to test that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, can, can, can God use this lady that wrote this article to bring people to Jesus? It's possible. God can mm-hmm. draw a straight line with a crooked stick. But that, does that mean that he wants to continually use crooked sticks all the time? I mean, I guess he, he does because we're all broken vessels anyway that he uses. We're all crooked sticks. But, but there's still, he, 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 the clear passages in, in, passages in Scripture are clear, and we need to obey them. And, you know, as, as, as Pastor Pina often says, it's not Burger King Christianity. You can't have it your way. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's God's way. He says it, that settles it. We'll, we'll struggle with that, and iron sharpens iron. Maybe somebody disagrees with you. Maybe somehow this lady will find our podcast, and maybe we'll, ta- maybe we'll have her on when I figure out how to have people on the radio, on the, the, the phone on interviews. But, uh, but that's good. We should have these discussions. So hopefully we did this gracefully. Uh, if you disagree with us, let us know. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we love this woman. We, yeah. we want to find out why she has come to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are called to protect the gospel yeah. and point it out when something is not lining up with it. Mm-hmm. Because when different gospels are out there, they are very damaging. Yeah. And, and if it's a different Christ, it's a different gospel. It's not right. one that saves. And we're not saying that she she doesn't know the true Christ. Maybe she does, but she just has maybe a background. Again, like we've been saying as we're reading this article, there's something there underlying where her presuppositions are coming from, where her bad exegesis, bad hermeneutics of the scriptures are coming from. Uh maybe there's some abuse in her life that she's dealing with. But we need to work through those and get to what God really says. Right. Or else we're going to continue to go down a dark path. But the great thing is, you know, Jesus builds his church and he says the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So bad theology is not going to stop the kingdom from growing. Right, exactly. But we need faithful Christians who, who believe in the scriptures 
to continue to step up and speak up in love when when things like this are happening and it's happening a lot more yeah (laughs) you know i i try to be a pretty positive post-millennial uh but but sometimes it's it's sometimes it's hard people like post-millennialism what are you talking about that'll be a future episode but (laughs) but this was a good episode this is the first time we actually dissect it uh uh a blog post or anything like that you know usually it's a general topic but yeah. I'm, I'm glad we did this this is stuff stuff that needs to be discussed and it pertains to us you know as as a married christian couple you know right you know, at the role of you know for both of us mm-hmm. what are our roles in marriage even yeah because that's a similar model you know mm. yeah god doesn't you know design things and then leave us <laughs> to figure it out on our own. He designed it and he told us how it's designed. It's like, like if you start like using the tool the wrong way, you're not going to use a hammer to saw something. It's not going to work very well. You know how it's work and how it's designed to work. And that's how God made man in his image, man and male and female. He created them and he created us to work certain ways. Actually, what's that? I read a couple good books. Um, the Accidental Feminist. Record time, talks about record this. time. Record time, yeah. Is that a Merkel? Uh, or is that... Was the Accidental Feminist Amy no. Bird? No. No. Oh, she's a theologian housewife. That's Amy Bird. She, housewife theologian. She wrote... No... No Little Women. No Little Women. But her new one was kind of questionable. I don't know. The Accidental Feminist, though, I read in like a day. So it was like really... Oh, Courtney. So yeah, I recommend that book. The Accidental Feminist, Courtney Reisig. Reisig? I don't know how to spell her last name, but it's R... How to pronounce her last name. R-E-I-S-S-I-G. Um, but she talks about roles and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and then we just watched last night the um, American Gospel documentary. Yeah. Which good. was really good. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but that talked a lot about, you know, pointing out false doctrine as well. And... I think it's like when when you're that guy pointing out false teachers all the time, and people like to hate on you, but <laughs> but I mean, to say you're not loving, you're yeah. you're judgy, and you you you're not love you yeah. you're not showing love. We we need to discern, and yes, people can overly discern, and then people can become legalistic about what they're discerning. Yeah, I think some but, people see it as being legalistic, yeah, but, but we. When when you see false doctrine, if you do it in love, you need to point it out. Or this kind of stuff can happen. You know, you, you get blog posts like this. And then people are really quick to jump on that bandwagon of this the, the ideas that this woman is projecting because mm-hmm. that's, that's what the world is defining as, as love. Mm-hmm. You know, when God is love not loving everybody 
to make them happy or to make them comfortable. Mm -hmm. Loving them is calling them out. Yeah. And with hopes of, of repentance. Right. You know, we're not just calling people out saying, You can't oh, repent if you don't think. Right. You need. You're doing, if you think you're doing nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, anyway. Awesome. Cool. I don't yeah, know. So... We might have some weird sounds this episode because every once in a while the microphone sounds like an airplane going by. Uh, all right. I think this cord's going bad or something. Well, anyway, it's super late. We've talked long enough. It's getting late. And hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. What are we even doing here? Also Twitter, the same name. And if you're listening to us, you're either listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're listening to us on iTunes, hopefully you subscribed. And please leave us a review, five stars, hopefully, on iTunes. Because that actually helps us. It'll get us more circulation throughout when people search for like Christian podcasts or every, anything like that. So if you want more people to hear what we're saying, uh, please do that. You can always share as well. Share on Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media you use. Share us. And a few of you out there have done that and we appreciate you. Uh, we would name you, but we don't want to embarrass you. Uh, but we do appreciate that you listen and then you tag us when uh, you listen because that means a lot to us. Uh, but we're doing this so the kingdom continues to grow. So hopefully you enjoy what we're saying. Hopefully you're learning from it. And I uh, hope you learned something today. I know I did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, hopefully we can continue to make some content for you. Who knows what the future holds? Because we just want the kingdom of God to grow. We want people to know the gospel. We want people to know Jesus. And we just want, you know, to... Connect people to Jesus and love, love one, one another. <laughs> that's that's the uh, mission of our our church, Shady Rest Bible Church. But, but <laughs> we just want to connect people. connect people to Jesus. That's what our church and is think teaching us to do. Yeah, and that's what we mm. want to do with this podcast is is mm. just uh, continue to give you a biblical worldview of what we're even doing here, and that's it. Have a good time and yep. You want to say hi, Ru? Enjoy. Hi. <laughs> I think you, you look older since this morning. Hi. <laughs> yeah. You're so cute. So, Karen, anything else to add or you just want to sign us off? I think that's good. All right. Well, in the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and continue to learn. What we are even doing here. Grace and peace. <laughs>